Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Silver Birch Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin on the campus of Nicolay Bible Institute. And uh, we love hanging out and having these conversations. If this is your first time joining us, thanks for joining us. This is just a younger guy and an older guy. Dave's uh, old. I'm young. I won't tell you ages, but we're somewhere in there. Just physically. But just physically. Yeah. And uh, we just love having conversations and different viewpoints. And so hopefully along the way, this is encouraging to you guys. If you ever want to listen to some of our previous episodes, I encourage you to go to silverbirchranch.org and you can find all of our um, connections there. Otherwise, you can find us on um, iTunes or Podbean um, and you can connect with those sources for podcasting and all that fun or stuff. Or check in but with Elon Musk. Yeah, I'm sure somewhere. It's somewhere he'll tell you how to get to us. That's I, right. I'm not sure, but he seems to know everything about this kind of stuff. So. Yeah. I'm sure there's a satellite roaming around yeah, that says somewhere. younger, older on it, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Some people amaze me at the things that they understand. Just and some people? He, yeah, some. <laughs> <laughs> Not all. Not all. And he's one of them. I mean, when he starts talking, it's, you know, how he sends things up into space and just does things. I'll never forget when uh, they were talking about, Russia was talking about using their space station or abandoning it. He said, no problem. I'll go get it and move it. And I thought, okay, there's a, there's a guy I have no idea how things operate. Yeah. No idea. No, not but, at all. But you got to admire him in that sense. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll go up and move it? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it already moving always? I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know anything. I'm not even sure that was the exact quote, but that's what I heard. I'll have to ask a rocket Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Days. Yeah, he is one. He is? Well, maybe. Maybe? Maybe he just hires him. I don't know. I've never met a rocket scientist. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he's listening to our podcast right now. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. No, oh, I don't boy. think so. I doubt it. Yeah, he's got his own, his own things he's listening to. Anyway, here's my confusion as an old guy now. Okay. Okay. A lot of things about life going on right now I find interesting at best. Um, I'm not sure how much of it was caused by my generation, how much of it's caused by internet, how much. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. And, I, and you can waste a lot of time trying to figure all that out if you want to. But the bottom line really is there's a there's a shortage of workers and abundance of work, but it doesn't seem like a lot of people want to fill those positions. And when they do fill those positions, it seems as if the workforce is different than it used to be. Yeah. And uh, so I keep looking at trying to figure out what's different about it. Yeah. Is it pandemic related? I mean, is it wh what is it that causes the workforce to be different? Yep. It seems to me that the workforce wants more flexibility, wants more, um, wants it to be more about them mm -hmm. and less about the work. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure all that's overly unusual. It's just it seems to be more of a, a epidemic kind of proportion itself on, on how many people are saying what's in it for me first. Yeah. And, and when I go to the scriptures and I look at the Bible, I see that if you don't work, you don't eat. And that those who love God are actually servants. And they see their job as a ministry. It's not just about money. And I honestly have tried to teach young people that in life, you figure out why God puts you on the planet and go do it. Don't worry about the money. You'll get paid something. Mm -hmm. Some of you will get paid way too much. Some of you get paid way too little. And, and what you do is you develop healthy habits within the structure of wherever you're working. And some of the places you work in might be more conducive to walking, um, you know, with God and doing those things. And some might be a, a greater struggle. I'm not, I'm not sure what job, you know, God puts in your heart or what he gives you to do. But I do think that God made us to work, made us to represent him, and made it so that 
no matter what we do in life, that our job is to glorify him. Whether I'm welding or teaching or writing books or I'm a musician or whatever it might be. So I don't see the ultimate purpose is different in, the, in that we're all doing right. one thing. We all do it differently because God made a different body. Mm-hmm. So I think the great challenge for me as I look at it is how do we instill in people the idea that you are somebody who um, finds what God puts you on this planet to do and puts you in that direction to get that done? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, it's so crazy watching the differences because as you started in, in that, you know, some of it obviously is pandemic related. But then it's generational related. Like, I think there's multiple factors that go into this. And we lose sight of the whole purpose of why we were created. You know, I mean, just oversimplifying it for a second. We go back to, you know, you were talking about how we're designed to work and to do it as a servant. You know, and that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Right. You know, I mean, it's not, I mean, even before sin entered the world, God said to Adam, you know, and Eve, like, this is yours. I'm giving it to you to take care of. You know, and so it was their responsibility to, to take care of it, you know. So it's not like they just got, you know, all of it for nothing. Right. You know, there was a, a responsibility there, you know. And I think part of what, we, what we've what we shifted in our culture is is a me-centric mentality when it comes to work, you know, is, is, is you know, how is this most benefiting me, you know. And, and obviously there's a component to that because at the end of the day, you know, especially for me, you know, I'm the, the one responsible for providing for my family. Right. You know, because I'm the only one, you know, that has a paying job in my family. You know, so I, I understand that part of the component is you're looking for a way to provide. But then also at the same time, and I think you hinted at this, Dave, is that we're all created and designed with different gifts and talents. Right. And so how are we using those gifts and talents to, to be... Um, Christ's ambassadors, because that is that is part of our responsibility, um, regardless of whether we're, we're in a ministry job, whether we're doing a blue collar job, whether we're doing a, you know, at home desk job, whatever it is, whatever category you're in, all of our calling is to be Christ's ambassadors. And so then as you do that, how do you mesh all of that together in a world that is becoming more and more me focused, right? You know, because the problem is, is that we see the we see more and more the 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 downfalls of a me focused society. I mean, you look at the amount of mental health issues we now have that has skyrocketed, the amount of people taking their lives, and I think it's because they've lost sight of the bigger picture of how we are created in the way that we are designed to be. Because I think part of the way that God has designed us is yes, He wants us to work you know, and to, and to serve. And part of that is because our calling is to love God and love others. And we do that through service. And we've right. talked about that in previous episodes is there's so much value in serving, you know? And so if you're in not a ministry job, or even if you are in a ministry job, you know, there's an aspect to it where it's, where it's, it's, it's more than just a job. It has to be at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let me, let me ask just a couple of questions. No matter where you work, ministry, yeah. not ministry, and you get compensated for it, whatever it might be. Do you trust in your job or do you trust in God? Trust in God. Okay. So you know. if I look at the job and I say, well, this job will take care of me. I'm in good shape. Is that true? I mean, that that's one of the great downfalls in life. Right. So honestly, if you trust God, you can go anywhere and make anything mm-hmm. and it can work. Right. Because God's got a plan. Yeah. Now, it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to live like oh, that. Oh, totally, totally. 
Yeah, and I'm sure our listeners are saying, well, it's easy for you guys to say that on the radio, you know. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, no, it, it, that's it's, how you live. That's how. That's just how it is. And and there's no promise anywhere that I'm aware of that's saying that that living for God is is an easy thing to do. Right. You, you know, know, back in 1981, when we moved up here, you know, year round, there was no money, there was no program. People around know the know the story somewhat, and and I kept thinking, you know, how are we going to be taken care of? Mm-hmm. And my dad kept pushing us towards, well, if God calls you, you'll be fine. And I kept thinking, yeah, you know, I bet you I'll stay alive till I die. You know, what I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you somehow, yeah, I'll I'll eat something and somehow I'll sustain life because I met an awful lot of missionaries and other people who did that. They stayed alive until they died, and so it's like, okay. That's one thing. Yeah. And and now that I cleared that up, I can go, okay, so probably that's going to happen to me too. Right. You know, I mean, it, and I know everyone's sitting out there sighing, like, that is the dumbest philosophy I've ever heard in my life. But, you know, somehow you find food to eat and shelter and that kind of thing. And it may not be the Taj Mahal you live in, and you may not be flying around in private jets or whatever, or you may be, according to your job. I have no idea. Right. It, but in, in the end, it's like, who do I trust? Mm-hmm. If I really trust God, if I really trust him, then he can send me anywhere in the world and he can give me any amount of resources in the world and I would never trust those. Mm-hmm. I would always be trusting him. Yeah, And that's what he's working at in each of our lives. Now, a quick thumbnail sketch of that is, you know, Elijah, when he, when he prayed that there'd be no rain mm-hmm. and, and there was no rain. And then God said, well, go over here, you know, to this brook and there's, there's birds and, and you know, ravens and, and the brook will take care of you. So he's there and he thinks those will provide for him, but then they dry up and the birds go away. So now he's not, you know, and my, my first question when I read that years ago was, why didn't you just keep that stuff coming, God? He needed it. Mm-hmm. Well, could it have been that Elijah was starting to trust the brook and the ravens? Mm. Yeah. And God said, they're not trustworthy. Watch. They're not coming tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Then how are you going to provide God? Oh, now you're turning to me? Yeah. You know, the whole time the ravens are bringing you food, that didn't get spectacular anymore. The first day that they brought you the food, that was a spectacular thing to you. Right. Now they brought you the food and you're going, hey, I want ketchup on that. You know, I mean, now you're complaining to the ravens about the food. Right, right. I mean, it's even similar when you go back to when, you know, they left Egypt. Yeah, you know the Israelites and they had manna and and all that. Like at first, I was like, "Oh, this is fabulous," and then over time, it's just like, eh. "Yeah, we want meat. We want meat." Fine, God gives them meat, and they all get sick. You know, what I mean, yeah. It, it, the bottom line really is, I think, when you work, I don't care where you work, there should be no different attitude whether you're president of a Fortune 500 company, you're a janitor at a school, you, you're a bus driver. You're, you're in a ministry somewhere. You're a missionary in some foreign land. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters what you do in life. It matters that you trust God and you work. Yeah. And you get up every day and you do what's right. And at the end of the day, you go to sleep and you get up the next day and do it again. Right. And that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Not, not the other stuff in life. Um, one of the things you could have a good discussion with your family, and I would encourage you to do this, Jason, at some point, is to talk about uh, with your wife, your children, you know, what is the difference between God meeting our needs and our wants? And mm. and what is the difference? Yeah. Because one, there's a promise. Yeah. And the promise is that he would meet the needs of his people. Yeah. And, and then a lot of times what we do, especially in America, I think, in the United States, 
is we put wants in there at the same level. Yeah. Well, God, you didn't provide me the car I wanted. Mm-hmm. No, the old jalopy, it still runs. You know, you've got a, a Toyota with 300,000 miles on it, and it's got another 100,000 in it, so why would I give you another one? Right. Well, because all my friends have nicer ones, and they don't work for you. I do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that. That's the core of the difficulty when it comes to our our the our work ethic is because with with the rise of social media and internet and, and screen time it is the rise of compar comparability. Sure, is that a word? Doesn't matter. We all know a, what you meant. Yeah, you know where we're constantly living in a lifestyle where we're comparing people. I mean, you think about, you know. I mean, even the simple idea behind social media, it's like, why do we post what we post? Yeah. Why do we post the pictures? Why do we say the comments that we do? Is it for our own? Or are we trying to get the attention of others and say, hey, look at my life? Mm -hmm. You know, and as you keep on scrolling, you know, the endless scroll, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, it, whatever platform you're on, like what, what is it you're looking for? Right. And what are you what are you waiting for that's going to satisfy you to stop scrolling? And I think the same comes to our work ethic is that oftentimes we've shifted from like, you know, I believe in, in what I do, you know, and I understand that some people, you know, have to do a job to make it work. And it might not be the most exciting job at the time, you know, but I think if you were to work at it with all your heart, you know, I think God sees that and honors it, oh, absolutely. you know, and, and that's a promise, you know, I mean, was it Colossians 320, what, you know, whatever you do. Uh, whether by word or do, right. do it all for the glory of God, sure. I think, right? You know, and so there's that that philosophy there. Um, yeah. But I think I think the problem is is that the more that our culture is so prevalent, the more that we allow culture to skew the truth of the biblical promises that we have. And so all of a sudden, once we start to skew that, we no longer have the pure biblical promise. We have partial promise with partial world false. Right. And, and that's where we're at. And the same thing happened with, with Adam and Eve. You know, I mentioned that earlier is that, you know, they had, they had, they pretty much had it made. They had responsibility. It's not like they had it where they sat back and got a suntan all day. They had to work at it. But there was that one thing. It's like, no, I, I feel like I'm missing out. I need this. Right. And God's like, no, I'm going to provide for you. You don't need that. Right. And what happened? They mixed a promise from God with partial lie from the world that Satan told them. It's like, well, are you really going to die? You know, it's like, no. You know, right. and that's that's what led to that. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, that's a, that's a different story. We're we're talking about work ethic here and 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 why we work. But I think a lot of times we allow um, the needs and wants and th that comparison culture to play into the way that we're working. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, that's I the think hard part. yeah, and I think a lot of young people, especially, they want they want the blessings from God. They want to be blessed of God, and I, I would encourage them to go into the scriptures and look up the word blessed to see what it actually means yeah. because the word blessed can mean something totally different. For example, um, and I've said it often, the most blessed person in all scripture is Mary. Hmm. God proclaims that she's the most blessed woman that ever lived. She gave birth to Jesus, right? She's the mother of the very son of God. God is the father. Mary's the mother of the very son of God that was in the flesh. Yeah. Okay. So she was blessed. Now, when you think about it, what, what was her blessing? Because she was a girl that was poor. She wasn't even married yet. So people thought her pregnancy was, was done in a way where she would be shunned by her community. Yeah. 
uh, Joseph even had to have God speak directly to him to realize, no, this is actually of God. So all of a sudden, she's shamed. She goes to another town to give birth, Bethlehem. And in that place, her relatives won't let her in a motel room or an inn to even give birth. So she's got to go out to a stable and give birth. She, she then has to take her child and be on the run so he doesn't get killed. It, she eventually watches this child grow up and stands at the foot of the cross and watches him get crucified for not doing anything wrong. Hmm. So tell me where the blessing is. Yeah. Now, if she's the most blessed person in the world, we need to go to her and look at her and say, okay, what does blessing mean? Mm -hmm. Because God said, boy, Mary, you're going to be one that I really bless. And you look at most of her life and most of her life was, was very difficult. Now in the end, and that's what all of us have to look at in the end, Jesus came back from the dead, and I can only imagine Mary, what she was thinking. Yeah. But she's blessed. Likewise, you go to Sermon on the Mount, and I would encourage all of our readers to go to Matthew chapter 5, and Jesus says things like this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So you start looking at God saying, do you understand what being blessed is? Mm -hmm. You want to be blessed by me? Come and ask me to bless you. Go ahead. And I will. Yeah. I blessed Mary. I blessed the Apostle Paul. Yeah. Yeah, but look at his life and what he went through. <laughs> right, right. I, I blessed the other disciples that followed. Yeah, they all had these martyred deaths and got beat up. Mm -hmm. Now, when, when you look at it, you begin to see, okay, God, do I really want to be blessed by you? So what is the blessing you think that God actually gives us? It may not be financial. It may not be comfort. Mm -hmm. the, the actual blessing, when I look at it, is the opportunity to point to God. Yeah. That's the blessing. Now, anyone that's listening could live in that realm Yeah, where they point to God. I don't care whether, again, you're an artist, you're a welder, you're a singer, you're, you're, you're a, 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 a custodial worker. It doesn't matter what you do. You can point to God. Absolutely. And and that's where the blessing comes from. Mm -hmm. Now, in the process, you might, you know, I don't think I'll ever have the opportunity to point uh, extremely billionaire kind of people to God because that's not the people I influence. It's not the people in my world. Right. And I don't need to do that. I have no need to go out of my lane, if you want to call it. I, I have no need to do that. God does that. Right. And there are other people that love God that are in their world that need to act like they love God. And, right. and they have their own issues to deal with. Or the very poor people. You know, I mean, I don't have to be very poor to to be able to reach out to them. Or it, it, There are others who live among them already who love God. I can pray for both ends mm -hmm. of those. I can look for opportunities. Something like this radio broadcast or podcast can go anywhere. So I don't know who's listening to it, the rich, the poor, the, you know, whoever it is. They can do that. So not sure what God's doing with a lot of things, but uh, I often think of the fact that he would use a donkey and do rather well with it. <laughs> and, and, and so he doesn't actually need me to do that. Yeah. So the privilege, the blessing is being a part of what he does. Mm -hmm. Now, when we start looking at it that way, what job should we do? Yeah. You know, I, if I am looking for a job today, if, if I'm a young person looking for a job, 
I am not so much looking for the, the benefit package. I'm not looking for the salary. I'm asking God, what is it that you put me on this earth for, and where would I excel by demonstrating who you are the mm-hmm. best? Yeah. And, and then I would find that vocation, whatever it is, and I would live within those means, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. And, and I would enjoy the opportunities that God gives me in that group to represent who he is. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many young people have gone through Nicolay Bible Institute, and I do suggest you check that out for young people in your life. Um, but all of them, I will tell them, you know, I don't care where you go work. If, if you're going to go work in a factory, then you be the one, since you've been here at camp all year, you be the one, if the toilet ever gets plugged in this factory, unplug it. Mm-hmm. You know how to do that. Oh, yeah, but that's not my job. If you're going into a bathroom and it's plugged, unplug it. Yeah. If if you're the one who goes into a bathroom or you have a, an area where you go sit and eat and the table's a mess, clean it. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're the one who works on a factory floor and you, you think about it for a moment, you go, boy, you know what? I bet you if I had first aid skills, that would benefit all those around me. Go get first aid skills. If I'm the owner of that company, I'm looking at you thinking, you may be my most valuable employee. Yeah. Not because you made the widget well, but you do. I mean, because you do listen well and work well, but because I can trust you with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And now you're representing the king well. Yeah. So you don't have to be the owner of the company. The owner of the company actually doesn't have the impact that you would on the workers. Yeah. The owner might think they do, but you know how that works. Mm-hmm. You know, that that they don't see him. Everyone looks different when the owner walks through the room. And and that's because they're trying to impress him or, what, or her or whatever it might be. That's not your life, so you don't do that. You instead are the, the person who continually represents God's well, God well. Um, I, I should just read some of these, the rest of these Beatitudes, just to put it in context. Blessed are the poor in spirit, verse 3, and, and this is Matthew 5. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you, persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus says, you know, here... You want to be blessed? You do what's right. Mm-hmm. And here's what I promise you if you do what's right. Satan will notice you're doing what's right and hate you and do everything he can to stop you from doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. He will do everything he can to discourage you. Satan wants you to look at just the job. He wants you to look at just the boss. He wants you to look at just the money. He wants you to look at the latest complaint line that's going through your business. He wants you to be just like everybody else on the floor. 
And when he can get you to be just the same, he'll probably quit pestering you because then you've lost the power uh, that, that God has put within you to be different. Right. Um, and the next verses there explain it you know, in a more positive way where it says, you are the salt of the earth. And then it goes on to talk, you're the light. Yeah. So if you're going to work, think about being salt and light. Think about being the, the person who whoever doesn't have to worry about once they give you an instruction, you follow it. Yeah. You know, if you think, well, I'm working too many hours or whatever, go talk to the people face to face about it and say, here's my concern. Here's why. Yeah. I want to keep a healthy balance, whatever it might be, and go talk to them. Yeah. Don't talk about them because that's still gossip. Right. Uh, and you don't want to get caught in doing sin and ever justify doing it. And you'll be the unusual one, by the way, in your workplace. Mm-hmm. And that's important for you to see. Yeah. And I think it's so important. I, it's, and I think it's good that you said just go talk to him because I think the more that we can communicate, you know, if you work hard and you communicate, I, I guarantee you that, you'll be, that your boss will be like, huh? You know, um, because I think that's the important thing, especially in a world where, where people, it seems like they do the minimum. You yep. know, and I might be oversimplifying, you know, and so there, there's probably some listeners out there that you work hard and that's awesome. But I think there might be some people out there where you, you kind of just do enough to get by in your job. Um, and I would say, you know, is that, you know, what, what your calling is, you know, or can you put in a better effort? Right. Um, because I, th- I think it's important that we represent well, because like you said, you know, the, we don't know the opportunities that we have. You know, God has us in, a, in each spot for a different reason. I mean, you look at, you look at Paul and you look at Peter, you know, two very different ministries, but for the same purpose, right? You know, two different people groups, you know, could either of them have, you know, reached outside of their people group? Absolutely. But not to use your lane, you know, that's not the lane that God wanted them in. Right. You know, and I think each of us have a, have a certain area of influence that God wants us to influence. And so I, I, I encourage you to even ask yourself, all right, what, what area of influence is God leading me to? You know, is it in my workplace that I'm currently at? You know, what is it that drives you that you can share Jesus with other people? And I think that's an important question to ask yourself because maybe, you know, you're doing something more uh, for yourself and it's miserable, and but you're not realizing it. You might be in a job right now. It's like, man, I'm doing this and it's just, I don't understand. You know, maybe just be honest and say, is this is this where God actually wants me or is there somewhere else that he wants me? And that, that might be a hard conversation uh, right. to have. Um, but I think it's important um, to think bigger picture here. Right. Um, because we have to know that at the end of the day, God promises that he'll provide our needs, you know, and sometimes it won't be easy. You know, sometimes you're going to have a fridge that breaks. Sometimes you're going to have a car that breaks down, you know, and that's going to happen. And it's in those moments. Do we trust in, in our own storehouse or do we trust in God's storehouses? And, and, and say, all right, God, I'm in this situation. You know, what do I do next? Absolutely. You know, it's so important. Um, when we're going to continue on this discussion, but God didn't create us to be lazy, didn't create us to be dependent. Uh, that doesn't mean we won't ever be dependent. Yeah. We might get right. to it where we need help. But in general, we're made to get up every day and glorify him through the work in our life. 
And we should be doing it whether we get paid a lot or a little and do it in a way that honors God. Yeah, and I think that's that's very important. Unfortunately, uh, we have to wind down our conversation here because we're out of time. I tell you, once we get started, sometimes yep. we just keep on going. So uh, thanks for joining us. I encourage you to head over to silvertranch.org where you could re-listen to this podcast or others and, and tune into next ones. And, and uh, I just encourage you just to think about where you're at and how you can just live uh, for God in everything that you're doing. Uh, but for now, this is Jason Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.